I, um, today I just want, my, my task is simple. Uh, really to help us understand how we can appropriate the things that God has spoken over your life, the prophecies that is given over, is given to you. Um, how do you appropriate those things to make sure that they manifest in your life? Hallelujah. Because without a doubt, I can tell that many people seated here in this room, there you are seated on some prophecies, some declarations that the Lord gave to you, you know, could be last year, last month, two weeks, two days back, you know, could be as far as seven, ten years back, and you have not seen the true manifestation of those things in your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so, really, my responsibility tonight is to help us understand how can we contend to make manifest the things that God has spoken to us or he has given to us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Is it, are you feeling hot? Amen. Uh -huh. So, I, I choose to take this direction for that purpose. For that purpose. I know the kind of frustration that you can have if you have, you know, sat in a ministry like this and you hear the, the, the good word, the good word actually, you know, promises from God, everything that comes from this altar, refreshing, you know, promises of hope. And you wait and you want to see these things and to no avail. You know, and, and that's why I'll tell you, some people have doubted the working of God because they have not seen these things manifest in their lives. Do you understand me? Praise the Lord Jesus. And why it's important to share this is to let you understand that in the things that God has spoken concerning your life, the prophecies and the declarations that have come from this altar and different other places to you. God has created the place and space in the world where your participation is required. Are you hearing me? God has designed that you will not do anything in your life without your participation. So, well, you, you can be in a meeting, in a ministry like this, where the man of God is heavily anointed of God. The spirit of God upon him is with such might. And of course, he will share things and decree things, you know. And these things will begin to find expression and manifestation in your life. But that does not mean that you will necessarily keep them. They can actually manifest. You can have a sort of fruit of the same. But it's one thing to receive a miracle. It's another thing to keep it. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have very many people who get healed. So many across the world. And then a couple of years down the road, you check them and they're back to their original state. You have people who, you know, listen to a good word, they get a hold of it, apply it. And then they receive results, you know. 
They come from one level to another level of their life. And then you give them a couple of years, months down the road, they're back into the original state. And when you live that kind of life, it's hard for you to be confident about the workings of God. You see, have you been around people who when they get a good job, Usually happens with someone who has, you know, if, if you've believed God for something for a very long time and, you can, and, and it's taken long to mature in your life and then finally the miracle come. May I've ever been there. You believe God for something for long. When it happens, you are thinking, is it going to stay or any time it can go? Do you understand me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, but... I want you to understand that the responsibility of the manifestation of these things requires your participation. Requires your participation. Hallelujah. And that's why you see, you know, if you read in the Bible, we will find instances where God decrees things through, prophet, through prophecy, through his prophets. And then those things didn't really happen. So the problem was not the God that declared. So you have the notion that because God has said it, it's definitely going to work in your life passively. No. Praise the Lord. There is a, a level of participation required of you. He even says, receive ye the engrafted word. That's a participation. That you have to receive it. That's a participation. If it comes and you don't receive it, then it will not work in your life. Even salvation, there's a participation on your end. He says, you know, he says that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall receive him. Hallelujah. That is the one that has eternal life. But the Bible says the grace of God unto salvation has appeared to all men. But some are not born again because they have not applied themselves. They have not taken the part of which is required of them. So, there are so many things lingering here. I'll tell you something. Prophecy does not die. The word of God does not rot. Because the Bible says it's incorruptible. It doesn't matter if it was said 20 years and you've not seen it. After today, Hallelujah. Because the Bible says his word is exceeding broad. It stretches into eternity. It's, it's timeless. It's not bound by time. I'll tell you why. Do you know why? Let me give you just a little bit of an example. When God called Lot to follow with Abraham, he had a purpose. And his desire was that through this lineage, the Christ will come. So when Lord is following with the Christ, many things happen. He gets to a point where he is not committed enough to Abraham. And money made him change his mind. So he leaves Abraham and he walks away. 
And you know the story of Lot, you know. Uh, in fact, he, the, Bible, the Bible says he slept with his own children. And I think he gave birth. Were they, were they the Moabites? And, and Lot messes up a certain order of God. But the counsel of God was that through that lineage, he wanted to wire something, you know, that will have the Christ come through. Many years later, generations later, we see the similar pattern, which was the same, like the young man Lord following an old man Abraham, come through a woman called was it Ruth and Naomi. <laughs> Hallelujah. God had to, because, because his word cannot fall to the ground and die. He had to go back generations later and make sure he can still connect the dots. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord Jesus. And so, whatever he said concerning your life, it doesn't matter how long ago it was, when you understand this, it, you will see the manifestation of the same. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight, I just want to talk about, I'm struggling with, it, with how I can call this message, but I want to talk about contemplating the art of war or contemplating spiritual warfare. You can give it your apostolic title, but it's around there. And, and, and of course I know that when you talk about spiritual warfare, many times, because we have been taught wrong, don't uh, uh, you? Many people have been taught wrong. <laughs> you guys, you can't be taught wrong. Always on the good words. Amen. Many people have been taught wrong that the moment you introduce certain subjects, when you talk about spiritual warfare, they're beginning to look for which demon can they harass. Where? Uh-uh. Not that kind of, of warfare. Hallelujah. Of course, I understand that the subject of spiritual warfare is very complex in the body of Christ. And not complex because it is hard. Complex because it has not been understood right by many. And so you will find people who teach spiritual warfare from a certain angle that overemphasizes the workings of the demon. I remember many years ago when I was young, went to this church, there was this man of God, who said he used to go to, used to go underground. And then of course he got born again. That's what he says. I don't know why I doubted. And this is why I doubted, because of his testimony. You know, he saw a lady who was in church and she had hair. And you know, the, the, the lady had put some colors. So he was preaching, he said, some things come from hair. He said, for example, that hair with colors. So you, you know that those people who teach like that, then, then he said, if you have a cup at home, if you have cups at home, plates at home that have fish, anything from the water, fish on them. Uh, if there's a cat on them, if there's, you know, bring them here. We're going to burn them. The women, don't put lipstick, everything they brought. Because those are works of the devil. People who teach like that. And in their churches, you'll never hear anything on their altar except the art of war. The seven dimensions on how to attack the devil. The backside of the devil. <laughs> you know, January to December. 
they overemphasize with the exclusion of other understandings. And then we have also the team that doesn't believe about demons or, you know, they don't believe anything regarding the spiritual world. They know life just happens. You understand me? They think life just happens. And so uh, uh, in the first service, I was saying that, you know, we have people who domesticate demons, domesticate. You know, they, they know how to massage the devil. They, they domesticate. Especially our friends from the Western world. They call, you know, some demons depression. Anxiety disorder. Eh? Well, there's another one. Oh my God. Eh? Bipolar. Ah. It's a bipolar. You understand me? That's a demon. So they domesticate them because they don't be, so they have allowed them. So these demons, honestly, and that's why some of these things have crept into their nations unawares. Because how can someone just stand and say, you are born a male. How can you stand and say you don't feel it? You know, in fact, I heard there's a new term. They're called, you know, shim. Shim. She and him. She's a shim. Oh, he's a shim. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, demons. domesticated so they have accepted them they're living with them there praise the lord if if you meet a sheep and if i never remember cast it out go in jesus then we do, here we don't domesticate we don't massage them you've seen it when the moment apostle grace begins talking about them they want to run <laughs> they Sometimes you want to catch people not to go through those doors because they know. Here, no. And I thank God for the most part of Africa. We call them as they are. Lubale. We don't, we don't joke with them. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I feel like demons are very... They, 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 that's why, you see, I think there's too much poverty in Africa because demons also don't like us because we don't massage them. We, no, 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 no. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. So, if you are going to learn to walk in the manifestation of the things that God has spoken concerning your life, you will have to learn how to fight. I told people the life of Christianity is a life of fighters. We are fighters. Do you understand me? That's what the Bible calls us soldiers. It says, quit ye like men. Don't be like men. It says, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We are soldiers. We enrolled to, in an, into one army. The Bible, that's why the Bible says we don't draw back to perdition. When we lay our hands on the plow, we don't let it go. We don't put it down. No. We, we, are, we don't give up. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord Jesus. So, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. I will take my reading from there. It says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies. Let me define for you prophecies there first, so that we can be aligned in the context 
of what I'm sharing. So I'm not just talking about the bit where you are called out and told of what you ate last night. You know. <laughs> and the last digits of your phone number and uh, how much money is on your account. That is good. But it's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, when, because when you start the prophecy there, the Bible means inspired utterances. Okay? It means, it says, a discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God. So he's talking about, he's talking about a word that has come to you by inspiration. It means when a man, maybe, let me show you how, how, the, how this could come. So maybe the man of God is teaching. And when he's teaching, the spirit of God begins to, you know, speak to you. He, he brings thoughts and ideas and words in your spirit. And those are yours. Because even as I speak now, I'm saying certain things, but you're all receiving differently. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So those things, the ones that he gives image and vision of as we speak, those are, that's what he's calling prophecy. And then there are those things also come through your prayer or through your own time of communion. You're having your time with God or with your brethren. You know, you're sharpening one another. And those things that come, you know, that's what is calling prophecy. Those words that are inspired by the Holy Ghost. What you would call Rema words. Hallelujah. Those things that he gives to you, that is prophecy that come from him. So he says to Timothy, he says, this, I, this charge I commit unto this son Timothy, according to the prophecies, according to the utterances that have been inspired by the Spirit, these things I commit, which, which went before to you, that you by them may war a good warfare. He's saying, I want you to know that these things come to you so that you can use them to fight. Ah, uh -uh. when Apostle Christ stood on the altar and he was declaring words concerning your life, words upon your family, giving us, the, you know, the message of the year and all those things. He's saying those things came so that you can war with them. He says, I gave you those things that when a time comes, you will use those things as your weapon for war. That is why I don't understand why Christians, I, I, I never understand people who can come to church. It is good manners to come to church. It's bad manners not to come. I, listen, I don't understand you. If you are in Uganda and you want to... Okay, if you're far, we'll understand. But if you can come to church, why do you want to live stream from home? Do you, do you, by the way, do you know the meaning of church? The word church as used by Christ, ecclesia. Let me keep in my discourse. He says, I charge, I commit unto this son, Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before unto thee, that you may by them war a good warfare. He's saying things are going to come, but I want you to know it is with these things that you are going to be able to contend. It is with these things that you are going to be able to win. I have given you these words that with these words you are able to fight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And, and you know, I've seen people who, because with time, these things that you have believed take long to come. Some people begin to despise prophecies. 
They begin to despise the word of God. Have you ever been in a place where you have had certain things for so long that they don't make sense to you? Maybe you've battled with the sickness for a very long time. And then declarations keep coming concerning divine health. You get to a point and you, you treat them common because they have tarried to give you fruit. But the Bible says, despise not prophesyings. Despise not prophecies. He says, do not despise them. If God, if God instructed us not to despise, that means the spirit of the living God knew that there is a point in life where a man will be tempted to despise them. That despising means there is a place where a man will be tempted to doubt the things that God spoke concerning their life. Hallelujah. And as sad as it may sound, I want to tell you this, that we are accountable for every word that has not produced fruit. We are accountable. Because when the word of God comes, it comes complete. It comes ready to perform. It just needs to meet a ready heart. It needs to meet to find a believing heart. <laughs> Are you hearing me? When you read verse 18, verse 19 of First Timothy, it says, maybe you can go back a little bit. He says, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them may war a good warfare. Then he says, holding faith. Hallelujah. That means that where you're not seeing victory, you have not used these words. You have not applied faith to them. And it is because Many people think that because God has said something, then it will automatically come to pass. I have good news for you. No. But you know why it's good news? It's because it's you can predict your result. That's why it's good news. That if I can apply myself to it, then I know the kind of result to get. That's why it's good news. Hallelujah. I gave, I gave a, a, um, an example of, of Elijah in the first service. You know, when he prophesied about the disappearance of rain. And after three years and a, and, and a half, he comes back on the scene to prophesy that the rain is going to come back. That we read in First Kings, okay? And of course, the rain came and we saw him pray. When we get to James chapter 5, we understand that the rain didn't come because God wanted it to come. The rain didn't come because... God gave Elijah a word and Elijah then prophesied the word and then the rain came. The word came that when Elijah received this word, he believed it. When he believed it, he had a corresponding action. And the action is he prayed. The Bible says Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it may not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three and six months. The Bible is telling you that the reason why this prophecy came to pass is because the man prayed about it. So could it be that you don't need to hope from church to church? You just need to take this thing serious. Could it be that you don't need to look for another apostle? You have arrived. Now when you leave here, where do you go? 
No, honestly, it's a serious question. Sela, I'm not scaring you. Smile. Amen. Anyway, so, we account, let me tell you, the manifestation of the prophecies of God upon your life, okay, are in your full responsibility. Your full responsibility. Whatever God has said concerning you, it will not come to pass if you don't involve yourself in it. Now, of course, now that involvement is what I call warfare. That involvement is what I call fighting. That is how we war. So, the attitude on how you war is important. Where you war from is important. That understanding is important to give you the victory that you want. So, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24 says something beautiful. It says, raise ye up, take your journey, and pass over the river Anon. Behold, I have given into thine hand Sihon, the Amorite king of Hezbon, and his land. Now, I want you to understand that the Bible uses the word, I have given you, past tense. It says, I have given you into thine hand Sihon. That's what the Lord said. He says, I've given into your hands, Sihon. I have given you Sihon. You have Sihon. I have given you the money. I have given you the man. I have given you the woman. I have given you the marriage. I have given you the business. I have given you. I have given you the healing. I have given you the wisdom. I have given you the success. I have given you. He says. But then he says, begin to possess it. Wait. You have said you have given me. Now, how do I begin to possess? It says, contend with him in battle. You possess when you contend with him in battle. The beauty with this battle of ours, you don't spill blood. Uh -uh. You're not, you don't have blood coming off you. No. It's the kind where you go through the fire and it's not smelling on you. Somebody can't, somebody can't even tell that one day you lived in Kasokoso. <laughs> Hallelujah. That he can make you. <laughs> like Papa usually says, God can erase history. He goes to there. And he removes the kahat and everything. People can't, you know. Have you been places and you're like, hey, is this... This is where you grew from. You understand me? You remember when you were there, the places looked funny, but now they are. That's God erasing history. If there was a building there and it's not there anymore, and there's a better one, history has been erased. Tell your neighbor, God can erase history. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you used to be very small. It was done because you're fasting. Now we, not, we do not know you after the flesh anymore. <laughs> you have changed. God has erased that history. <laughs> See, someone says, no, this, uh, if someone has taken years without seeing you, and they say, no, 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 I'm talking about John, that, that small guy. Oh, which small guy? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I tell your neighbor, God can erase history. Anyway, he says, I have given you into thine hand, Sihon, the Amorite king of Hezbon, and his land. And he says, begin to possess it and contend with him. 
So it looks like he has given you everything. But for the manifestation of the same, you must learn how to war. You must learn how to fight. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. You don't give up easily. Okay? Now, in, in fighting, praise the Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, ragabasa. I've just remembered something. You know, you know, attitude is very important when you're fighting. And sometimes skill is good. <clears throat> but when a man has a certain attitude, do you remember those days when we were young, right? And for us boys, we like those things. After school, the guy has been disturbing you in class. You're like, you know what? There's some car spot there. Let's meet. So, so by the way, <laughs> oh, God help me. Let me not tell that testimony because <laughs> I, some of us had visions when we were growing up. The Lord delivered us. So, you remember that those guys, you feel like you've, you know, you understand, you have your things, you know. Then, there's this guy, he's from about which village, the only thing you know about him, he eats too much posho. He has energy. He has no art. But when he says fight, he just comes. He roars, he enters. I noticed, most of those guys used to beat. If you're ever beaten by that kind of guy, put up your hand. <laughs> eh? Hallelujah. But the attitude matters. Because this guy came, this guy came to, the, to, the, to the battle with the, I'm just going to win. I don't know how, but I'm going to win. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So, anyway. Understanding who your enemy is and what you're fighting against is important in this war. So we have people who don't know what they're fighting. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and bringing into uh, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. To the obedience of Christ. He says, to the obedience of Christ. But you need to understand your enemy. Because when you don't understand your enemy and don't understand his strategies, then you can't keep him at bay. But if you know your enemy and his cunningness, then you know how to keep him. You had a story, was it, was it, of, was it Kenneth Higgin who was the old Smith? When one day, stories say that he was in his house sleeping and then he had the devil, you know, messing up things in his, in his living room. And then he just woke up and says, ah, huh? yeah. And then he said, devil, it's you, ah. Huh? Went back to sleep and the Kathing just organized himself again and left. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you understand, you will know where to put much time and where to ignore. Because listen, as you fight, you need to know certain demons go when you don't attend to them. Certain demons, you need to give them attention until they go. Some you look and ignore. Hallelujah. Do you understand me? So, in the book of Mark, chapter 4, I'm trying to, I now want to show you the kind of enemy that we have. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. The Bible says, And that same day, when the even was come, 
He said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. Jesus said to them, let us pass over to the other side. All right? He's speaking to his disciples. And verse 30, let's, let's go. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. Uh -huh. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. The Bible says, Jesus said to his disciples, let us get into the boat and go the other side. And, and listen, that is the ministry of prophecy. It shows you the other side. It gives you the picture of the kind of life you've been called into. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the ministry of prophecy. The Bible says that the word of God whets our appetites. In message version, it says it whets our appetite by putting a lid of heaven in us so that we do not, says the Spirit of God, whets our appetite by giving us a test of what's ahead. Okay? He puts a lid of heaven in our hearts so that we will never settle for less. He puts, so that you don't settle for less. That's the ministry of prophecy. He's telling you, don't settle for less. I have said, let's go to the other side. He says, let's cross over to the other side. Now, when he said, let's cross over to the other side, I want you to understand how, how the devil comes. Every time you receive a word from God, even the one that you're receiving today, every time you receive a message from Jesus Christ, the devil will, he's always the first guy that appears after. Before you, have, before you even see your miracle, he's already there. He has come. The Bible says, in the parable of the sower, that when the seeds were sown, Jesus saying, says the birds of the air came to take away the, those seeds. And, and, and that bird of the air, that's the devil. Says that it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the falls of the air came and divided it up. They came and devoured the word. He does not come for the sower, he comes for the seed. He comes for the seed, he doesn't come for the sower. Hallelujah. So when Jesus said, let us cross over and go to the place, I want you to understand that Jesus was with them in the boat. They were not by themselves. Even Christ was with them in the boat. The moment he said, let us go to the other side, challenges came. The Bible says winds came. The waves began to toss their boats. So you think, after the word has come concerning your inheritance, concerning, you know, your prosperity, Everything is, you're going to sit down and everything is just going to be wow, wow, wow. You're going to sail through. No. The moment that word comes, there's a failure that comes also. Because it comes to check it. The Bible says that temptations arise on the account of the word. They want to test, do you have the spine? Do, I, I, are you still enough? Are you established enough? No, we want to take you somewhere, but can you handle the future? Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So he always comes when the word comes. So that explains why you have been going through some troubles. You have been coming to church, appropriating the word and listening to the sermons. There are certain things in your life you have believed to see change. They are taking long to change. Brother, I want to encourage you that it is because in that very place is why you're strong. In that very place is why you're strong. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah. He comes to attack that seed. He comes to attack that seed. So the moment he releases the word, he comes. He comes to check it. He comes to pick it. You know, I tell people, listen, when, when you're not persecuted, when you don't have problems, when the devil is not, is not you know, disturbing you, it simply means that you are not worth his time. And, and, and not being worth his time means you have no consequence to him. That is why in the scriptures we see when Moses was born because he had a mandate and purpose upon his life to lead the children of Israel out of captivity. They tried to kill all the children born around his time. The same with the Christ. They tried to kill because there was something special with this one. Are you hearing me? There's something special with this one. So sometimes you should get worried when you don't see persecution. Get worried. Are you hearing me? Something, something should come. Something should come. Something should come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, because you're shaking up some things. Like you guys usually, you know, you have a, a common word here. You're shaking the tables. Praise the Lord. So he said, let's go to the other side. And the moment they got into the boat, the winds and the waves came up. But this is the beautiful thing. Jesus said, we are going to the other side. Uh -uh, he said, we are going to the other side. Did he say it? <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. Did he say it? Ah, he said you are above and not beneath. Did he say it? Did he say that your peace shall be many? Did he say it concerning you? Then the waves don't matter. You know why? Because when Jesus is speaking, he's not speaking from their level. The Bible, he declares the end from the beginning. So when he said, let's go to the other side. When he said, let's go to the other side. He had seen them there. There is no way Jesus would not die on the cross. Because the Bible says he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. This had already happened. So, he's saying, let's go to the other side because he has seen you there already. There's no way. Listen, listen. There's no way that business can fail. Uh-uh. No. Unless you didn't get it by the word. But if you got it by the word, there's no way it can fail. He said, we are crossing over. Hallelujah. That sickness cannot kill you. No. You have something. He has said something in the word concerning you. He, in, You shall not suffer loss. No. Yes, I know. I understand that maybe you invested the money and the things are not working. They, they, they don't make sense. It's okay. He said, we are going the other side. We are going. Let's go. And the beauty is that he's with you. He's with you. He's in the boat. You are not alone. He said, let's go. He didn't say go. He's part of the journey. He says, let's go. To the other side. So yeah, men can give you days. They're going to give you, you know, ah, those people we have given them, you know, five five years, 
Two years, three years. That marriage won't last. Oh, look at the command. Rabababa, Manyawad, okay. He said, let us go to the other side. That, no, no, no. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. You see, you need to know who's talking. Because the nature of one that's talking, one, the Bible says, he cannot lie. And if he said anything, you know, like he created the world when he said light, be, see? You know what the Bible says? He cannot lie. Because if, let, let me show you. If God woke up, this is a dangerous example, but I'm going to use it. I hope, but let me use it because I'm, let me just use that because that's what's coming in my mind. If God looked at a woman and said, if God looked, please notice, I said, if God looked at a woman, God, not a man. If God looked at a woman and said, and called him a him, she would become a him. That's the nature of the man. So we trust not just what he said, but who he said. It's like if the devil says, I love you. You can't trust why. It's, let me give an example. It's like, you know, we, we have... There's food. Food is edible. But there are things that you cannot eat. You can't eat stones. So you cannot say these stones are edible. Do you understand me? So, by their nature, they are not edible. By his nature, when he decrees, he cannot lie. When he says, it comes to pass by his nature. So we are not just trusting what is said, but we are trusting who is saying. He said, let us cross to the other side. Hallelujah. Now the winds come. The waves come. You know, you know that's like that point in your life where you feel, I, I call it the, um, the Christian irony or the irony of Christianity where you are sure you had God and you took the job offer and then the company closed. But you are sure you had him. You're not doubting. No, you are sure you had him. But when it closes, now you're asking, did I hear him? Ah, you, they have told you, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor before God. Now you found one. And the testament of the scripture conflicts with your experience. If you got her by the word, it's okay. They, so, did he say we go? Why, why are we having the, the winds and the storm? And the Bible says in verse 38, and he was in the hinder part of the sheep asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou none that we perish? <laughs> and he arose, the Bible says when they woke him, he arose and he rebuked the wind 
And the Bible says, he said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a calm, a great calm. The Bible says, when he woke up, when he woke up, he rebuked the wind, not the wave. The Bible says he rebuked the winds along the waves. He rebuked the wind along the waves. What, what, listen, what was, what was hitting the ship were the waves. Not really the wind as it were. They are not seeing the wind, but they were seeing the waves that were hitting the ship. When he woke up, he did not rebuke what they saw. He rebuked what they did not see. Now, listen. The reason why he was rebuking the wind is because the waves do not carry their own power. The waves are not formed by their own selves. They need the wind to form them and give them power and currency to be able to move and hit the sheep. Now, the problem, when in understanding how to fight, when you understand this, you don't attack the wave. You speak to the wind. Because, because the wave is the consequence of the wind. When you read through scripture, the wind, the, the same word used the wind, which is spirit. It means so when you understand this, it is telling you, this was the spirit behind the wind, behind the wave. So when he spoke, he spoke to the wave. Now, when you don't understand this, you will find yourself in places where you go to the bank to give you money because you are in a hard spot. And I'm telling you, my brother, the bank can only deal with the wave because when you want to deal with the wind, you don't go to the bank. Uh -uh. Banks cannot handle the, the wind. Doctors cannot handle the wind. Doctors can handle the wave. They can mitigate the effects that come because of the wind manifested by the wave, but they cannot handle the wind. So I'm not saying doctors are not good. No, please appreciate them, but they also have a limitation. That is why you need to understand how to deal with the wind. So cancer is a, is, is a wave. HIV is a wave. Poverty is a wave. Depression is a wave. It's not a wind. So when you're dealing with, you go to the wind. You speak to the wind. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's why, listen, I tell people life is spiritual. Can I, can I just take 15 minutes? Oh my God. <laughs> Allow me, can I take 15 minutes? <laughs> the fathers have allowed me. Hallelujah. See, life is spiritual. People don't understand. Do you remember when the Bible gives a story? I think it's in Judges. It talks about how the stars fought against Sisera in the course of heaven. It says they fought from heaven. The stars in their course fought against Sisera. And consequently, Sisera lost battle here. But there was a war happening in the heavenly realm. There was something happening in the spiritual atmosphere that consequently produced result here. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. So when you don't understand, you'll address the wrong thing. Listen, your, your kids, it doesn't matter how muddy it is. 
When you know how to talk to the wind, when he's sleeping at night, you go to his bedroom. You lay your hands on him. You, you listen, it's okay. That's why, you see, when, when we invite people here, okay, you come as you are. Some people, I know some people here, you came with your weaknesses. You know, some of you came and maybe you struggled for some time to leave the, to leave the drinking or whatever, whatever your weakness was. And you know why we didn't really care so much when you struggled with that? Because we knew that that was just a wave. But when you received him, we dealt with the wind. It was a matter of time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. It was a matter of time. Tell your neighbor, it was a matter of time. It was a matter of time. Apostle usually says the devil can fight, but he can't fight for so long. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when you understand this, you are not moved. You know how to tell him, bring your best shot. Bring your best shot. Maragaba shatakabaya. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, he said, when you understand this, I was telling people in the first service, when you understand this, you're not even worried of your enemies. He says, he shall make your enemies your footstool. That means the more you have, the higher you go, because you're standing on them. So whoever tags himself as an enemy, he has become a footstool. Praise the Lord. And so I'm not talking just about people. Nah. Sickness can be an enemy, it's a footstool. Poverty can be an enemy, it's a footstool. That means, let me tell you, the deeper poverty you suffered, huh? you see how deep you suffered with it? That's how high you will be above it. Because it's your footstool. So you are not scared by what's happening here. Let me, let me tell you something. These things, every child of God, at one time, these things are going to come. You, you, you will try to reconcile. Because, you know, because the issue is if he has said it, why are things, they're not adding up. And I told people, the devil doesn't attack you because he's after your money. He doesn't attack you because he wants your children. Neither does he come after your house. He doesn't, he doesn't want to sleep in a, in a mansion now. You see, and, and, and to understand this is also interesting. That you see, he has no problem with you having all the money in the world. For you to be provided for is not his big problem. You know why? Because remember, when in the temptation of Jesus, when he came, he was offering these things. He told him, if thou be hungry, he said, you're hungry. Can you turn this, no, sorry, if you be the son of God, can you turn these stones into bread? Jesus was hungry. That means he wanted something to eat and he offered him a way to provision. So he was not scared that Jesus could, you know, could get provision. He took him up, you know, whatever and told him, you know, if you worship me, I'm going to give you kingdoms. So he was not scared that he could have money. What the devil is scared of is the seed of God in you. So he doesn't come against your Sony. He doesn't come against your Samsung or not, whatever. iPhone 14. Nah. He doesn't want to take pictures. He's attacking the seed of God. Let me tell you, when you know him, 
you will understand that one of his strategies is to plant seeds of doubt. Suggestions. Because it is, remember, right before this testation, Jesus Christ, he is anointed by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and said, and the voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So this, he has already given him a word. He says, this is my son. So he has released the word to the Christ. And, and you know, there's an, he, has, he has affirmed to him that this is my son. And when he's taken into the wilderness, the only constant thing in the testations is, if thou be the son, if thou be the son, if thou be the son. He's trying to cause him to worry. If you be the son. He's trying to cause him to doubt. If you be the son. Can you doubt? Can you doubt this prophecy? Can you doubt this word? Can I cause you to lose it? That is all he's about. Can you lose it? He said women shall be saved. In the childbearing. But you have known for a long time. That every time women are going to give birth. They pain. They pain. They pain. You, hey, hey, listen. He has saved. Now, now, he will cause you to doubt. You know how? When you are in the labor ward, you'll hear another woman cry. And you say, hey, this is because you have listened to these things all the time. He has planted seeds of doubt. That's all he wants. He wants you to doubt his word. Because he knows when he takes, listen, because, listen, he's scared of the seed. He, nothing. Because the Bible said, the Bible says, and, and the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. He knows when this man has this thing, I'm in trouble. So, he's scared. And he comes after the word. He comes after the word. But this is the beautiful thing. Okay, five minutes. Five minutes, because I just don't want to leave this hanging. Mark chapter 5, when they cross over and go to the other side, they meet a man. This Bible says this man used to live among tombs. Remember, Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Now imagine, you have been going through the waves, tossed to and fro. You can't wait to get on shore. When you get to the shore, the thing that welcomes you is another terrifying incident. The Bible says nobody could, the Bible says men could not even bind him. This man was so strong that he could break shackles of his legs. He could break cuffs of his hands. He was that strong that men could not bind him. I have a feeling that something not told us. I really wanted to understand the, the reaction of the, of, 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 of the apostles, of the disciples when they met this man. Because I know in present day, if a man like that appears near you, Shada, <laughs> you'll be running towards the fathers here. Hallelujah. So, so that's what he does. Every time something good comes, every time a word is promised you and released concerning you, he comes to attack it. So what he's looking for is the seed. Soon after your marriage is the seed. Now you need, like the Bible says, when how he admonished us in First Timothy, you must learn how to take a hold of that word and say, devil, enough is enough. The Bible says he's the lifter of your heads. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You get a hold of the promise. You get a hold of what he said concerning you. It, I told you the waves don't mean anything. When you have the word, the Bible says, he that goes forth with crying, weeping, holding precious seeds shall doubtless come back with sheaves 
He says, he says this man will doubtless come back rejoicing with sheaves with him. He will come back rejoicing. Get a hold. That's why, listen, this world comes to get you armed. It's a weapon. It's a weapon. Hallelujah. That is how we will go. You get a hold of it, it's okay. You'll know. I want you to know this thing. These things don't matter. They will come. They, they are not a big deal. They will come. They will come. The loss could come. It's not the big deal. The big deal is that there's a man who has said, let's go to the other side. Now, the devil just wants you to get your attention of that. Uh -uh. <laughs> Hallelujah. No. We know whom we have believed, like Paul said. We know whom we have believed. The Bible says concerning Abraham, the Bible says, and he was persuaded. He was fully persuaded. He was so full of persuasion. He was so convinced that the man which promised him was able to fulfill. He was able. That's how we fight. Praise God. So when you come like, that's why the Bible calls it a good fight of faith. Well, because it's, it's an assured victory. When he comes, you know. Ah, you're going to send him running. <laughs> Hallelujah. So listen, I just have to stop this. But I want to let you know, it doesn't matter what is happening. Yes. You could, sometimes it could seem like you've come from one, you know, place of, 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 of trouble into another. But if you're getting, if you are holding on his precious word, it is a matter of time. Just don't, he's going to tell you things. You, He'll bring the news, you'll be sitting at home and he'll tempt you to switch on the news and you'll listen to a funny story. But come on, remember, the Bible talks about, let me, let, let me, okay, this is the last one. This is the last one. Get me a scripture. It's in Isaiah that talks about when the lion has put his gaze, has fixed his gaze on the sheep, the Bible says that even the shepherd, okay, please, I don't, I don't know if you can get it. It says when a lion, when a young lion has fixed its gaze on the sheep, even a multitude, I think it says the multitude of shepherds cannot put him to, to flight. Are, are you helping with the scripture? I promised one minute to finish. Hallelujah. Okay. He says, for thus the Lord has spoken unto me, like as the lion and the young lion, roaring. That word roaring there means meditate. It means to matter, to talk. That's what he's talking about, to talk, to talk, to talk, to talk. He says, and that young lion roaring on his prey, when he has fixed his gaze on the prey, he says, when a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor abase himself for the noise of them. You are not scared because, oh! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Stand up on your feet. If you don't stand up, I won't finish. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hey, my God. And listen, can I tell you something? The, the, the word mouth used in scripture, okay, it has a translation to means um, a translation in, 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 in the Hebrew to means called stoma, all right? And stoma, stoma for mouth means the sharpest edge of a sword, the sharpest edge of a sword, the sharpest part of a weapon. That means, 
that when these prophecies come and you have them and you get a hold of them and begin to use them and you begin to speak them out that is your mouth cutting <laughs> that is your mouth cutting praise the Lord so you can cut a poverty you can cut a cancer you can cut anything out because he has empowered you now I want you to lift up your voice and just thank that God thank Jehovah God he says by prophecy we wore a good war. We wore a good war. We wore a good war. Shakata kabaya. By his word, you wore a good war. Reketele bashanta kabaya. Rekeri bashata kapala rabashanta e. Elata kabashilege baramanda. Oh shekere masanta kaya. Lipa reketekele masanta ka. Nothing can stand before you. In the name of Jesus, He has given you the weapon of warfare. Lepa like the Bible says who are thou on Mount Zerubbabel that you shall be leveled by grace Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise. <laughs> That's what he means when he says you are more than a conqueror. That's what he means when he says you have overcome them. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. Because he has given you the material, the weapon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Come on, touch your neighbor and give them a high five. And tell them, welcome to winning. Welcome to success. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. And so if you're here and you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and you want him to be the Lord of your life, please, I'd like to give you an opportunity to come now. I'd like to give you an opportunity to come now. As a choir just gives us a song.
waiting for you if you're coming. Please come, come quicker. We have some more coming. Oh, praise His name forevermore, for endless days. We will sing Your praise, oh Lord, oh Lord Thank you for coming. God bless you so much. This is the best decision you ever made for your life. Amen. Amen. And we, we have some kids there. I, I don't know from which, which area they're coming from, but usually every Sunday we have children. Um, the Lord laid it so much on the heart of Apostle Grace to one... Um, help evangelize the kids on the streets and then also have them come here on Sunday. Every Sunday when they come, we pray with them, lead them to Christ and then also feed them food. And some of them are going to school. And whoever that has been participating in the same, God bless you so much. Thank you for your heart of generosity. So I'll, I'll request any of the pastors uh, who's willing to, to just offer and lead those other kids um, and, and men and women into salvation to just thank you so much pastor brian bless you sir so um let me pray pray with you you can repeat these words after me say lord jesus i thank you for today thank you for calling me out of the crowd and drawing me to yourself this day i receive you in my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you are my God. I believe that you died and raised again for my sake. And right now I'm born again. The devil has nothing in me and nothing of me. In the name of Jesus, I am born again. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every man and woman in this place, the young and the old, I thank you that you have called them for a purpose. And tonight I decree by the Spirit of the living God that you crown them with your power from their heads to their toes. They will walk in the goodness of God. You give them a heart of flesh and cause them to walk in your statutes. They will not stumble, they will not fall, they will not falter. 
they will walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the increasing glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they will manifest the same to the world. They shall be a testimony for the living God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Bless you so much. God bless you. Thank you for coming. See you next Thursday. In Jesus' mighty name, bye-bye. Bless you. This broadcast was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information about the great work of God, visit us on the web at www.fenero.org or download the Fenero app today and enjoy sermons, daily devotionals, and timely updates. The Fenero app, available on both Google Play and Apple App Store. You may also email us at info at Follow us on social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Finero, make manifest.